Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 174 of the Option Podcast. That man looks like Ahmad Fatal. <laughs> and we're going to correct that name in a minute. But in the meantime, the episode starts. Yeah, are you recording through another platform other than Zoom? Or are you recording through Zoom? Um, actually, I'll show you in a minute. Um, okay. I'll show you. Actually, we start. We can, we can do this organic. Guys, episode starts right now. So listen, before we got on the podcast, we, we, you mentioned something interesting that some people might find sexist, but I think we're just trying to come from a self-honest place. And I'm going to give you the floor on this in a minute so I could shape it. Um, you said it's very interesting that when college women's basketball is on, it's intriguing, it's electrifying, it's engaging. And the WNBA is on, it's, it's not as interesting. And, and I was like, wow, you know what? There's a women's indoor pro league for volleyball, right? And what am I watching? I'm watching Big Ten. I'm watching Minnesota. You know, one of my favorite coaches there, Hugh McCutcheon. You know, Texas has been doing that thing for a long time. I live in California, so you know, it's I, I could just turn on Pack Channel and get it whenever I want. But I'm, I want to give you the floor because we're not. I'm speaking for both of us when I say we're not coming from a sexist place here. It's just um, what we find electric and what and and you know what I'm saying and what intrigues us. Your thoughts. You know, and I know people are going to say, you know, maybe it's a recency bias because we're in the, you know, we're in the flow of, you know, March. And so, like, everybody's paying attention. But I've been a sports guy. I've been a sports writer since I was 14 years old. So I've been watching sports of, you know, uh, girl sports for a long time from the high school, college, and pro level. And I find that when I'm watching college uh, girl sports, it's, uh, it's there's a flow that comes with it i mean it's you know obviously when you when you take it from the men's side obviously the game at the college level there's a lot more plays ran you know less of what we would call hero ball but you can see the athleticism difference between men's college basketball and the pros like it's like night and day but like there's some ladies in college right now who are making some passes that i don't really see in a wnba game like I'm talking like I, I saw I saw the ball movement. I saw them pushing the ball up the court. I saw some of the the shot selections and I was just like, man, it just seemed like the the overall game just had a better flow and it just seemed like there was there was a connection between mm -hmm. between the teammates that just made for a better overall product. And again, I mean, I have nothing to get you're a pro. Hey, Bless you. You made it to the pros, which means you're the best of the best of yes. the best from yeah, the best. Yeah, you're not waiting tables at night. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't make what the men make, but you you you're not broke either, you know? But at the same time, though, like it just seemed like the college game just had a it had an energy and a vibe to it that that I just don't get from pros. And and I say that obviously from the women's side, but I feel that way some about some guys' sports too. You know? Mm -hmm. But it's just it felt like the talent level was was closer on par between college and pros than I see uh, on the men's side. That's just something that I'm seeing as someone who's done the recruiting mm -hmm. analyst work from the football standpoint. When I see college football, mm -hmm. like I'm like, okay, these guys are awesome. And you see pros, and you're just like, yeah, I can see where there's a there's a there's a big line, mm -hmm. especially on the O lines and D lines, where there's a huge difference. But at the same time, like. There's a there's a there's a there's an energy and a flow that I just did I just notice because 
you know, I, I don't catch a lot of WNBA games, but I catch I catch a substantial amount of them enough to know where I can see the difference as an analyst and my eye is there. And it's like, do I, am I paying attention to what I'm seeing? Absolutely. I am. And I'm always looking for, you know, the play behind the play when it comes to watching uh, sports of any kind. I think that you're, you're onto something. And I think I'd like to take that a step further. Um, I've mentioned the, I also mentioned before the podcast, there are certain sports at the professional level that are more coach driven. And there are certain sports at, at the professional level that are driven more by the players. And there is a correlation there. Like if you look at the NFL, that's more coach run uh, um, than, than player driven, right? Basketball, if there's a choice between a coach and a player that's got to go. You know, the coach is going to go football a <laughs> little bit different. I mean, uh, look, you got your, you know, your, your, your untouchables, you got your Popoviches and you got your guys like that. We get that. But, yeah. um, and I think the reasoning behind that is I think, I really think when on a college level, it allows just the coach to be the artist, to be the painters. They have a bunch of girls who want to be there. There's not a free agency thing. There's not someone that they had to draft that they're stuck with, right? You know, particularly Division One. You know, um, you know, Division Three. Sometimes you get a good player and it's like, man, I want to win. <laughs> you know, I, I, I take it, whatever. But I think it's a, it has a lot to do with the players who want to be there, the coaches who who are allowed to be an artist. You know, because the players have to do what the coaches say, or they're or they're, or they're benched. Um, that generates this. Uh, it's this unexplainable force, right? We saw it in the WNBA. I'm not the WNBA. The NCAA Women's College Volleyball um, Basketball. Um, Never mind the finals. Even the semifinal games were engaging, right? The finals. Look, the finals. We we can we can establish as a given. Agreed, right? Nine point nine million views, which was more than the um, 2021 NBA finals, which was more than any Stanley Cup final since 1973. So you know it shattered a lot. I mean, we're talking women's college basketball. It shattered these records. So your thoughts on maybe uh, um, maybe the coach? We're watching a movie, but because we got good directors in the form of uh, the athletic coaches. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, this year, I think we just sort of caught lightning in a bottle. And it's and it's really always been there. Like, mm -hmm. you know, people say, you know, nobody nobody supports women's sports. I was like, that's that's not true. I've always, you know, a lot of people and a lot of men watch women's sports. That's just, you know, we're typically more sports driven um, just by the numbers. And we watched it. I, I think we just caught lightning in the bottle with that a lot of the better teams um, made it to the final four, made it to the elite eight on the women's side where there were some blue bloods, you know, where some disappointments on the men's side, you know, like you're so, some, you know, some people who were scripted, not scripted, uh, some people who were slated to get there, who were predicted to be there, didn't end up making it. And so it's like, you know, it still was an exciting game. There was a, there was a, a great finish in the final four uh, to, to send San Diego state into the game. But Man, when yeah. you start watching, when you start looking at this final four matchup, you know, you got LSU powerhouse. You know, I remember when Kim Mulkey was Kim Mulkey Robertson and she was leading Baylor uh, mm -hmm. back in the day. And so, you know, you have that powerhouse team. You had South Carolina in the, in the, in the final four. And you have this Iowa team that's just like, you know, you got, you know, national player of the year on the court. Mm -hmm. All these young ladies, many of them are going to play in the WNBA. And it just, it, it was the perfect closing of the season for them. Right. I think, you know, I think that's why I got the views. And, you know, these, a lot of these players, the, these young ladies coming up, like, you know, they're aggressive. They play well. They're, you know, they're likable. They became fan favorites, like within a month. Yeah. And I think that all of that came together to, 
you know, create a, a great product at the end of the road. And, you know, two, two hardcore teams battling it out. LSU comes uh, out on top. Wasn't it great? The title. I mean, uh. It was I mean, it was crazy. It was theater. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> like Cuba Gooden Jr. says, you know. <laughs> well, I, 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 before I go into the next thing, I want to say something really cool about LSU. There's nothing in the world like a university, a state university that's, that's state-sponsored and state-driven. And, and the constituents who vote these elected officials who support these people are like, wow, this is where I want to spend my tax dollars. I bring your attention to the football team, right? A couple of years ago, national championship in one of the most competitive divisions in, in all of college football, right? The SEC, right? There's no easy way. There's no easy path. You got to go through Alabama, Auburn, and God knows who else, right? So, and now you got LSU right now um, for the women's basketball. They're, you know, they're going to make a trip to the White House and only them. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Um, uh, women's beach volleyball. I want to tell you a little bit about my wheelhouse. There was a team that graduated in 2021. They were like beach volleyball comes in five pairs, five teams of doubles. Um, the pair one, Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth were a perfect 37 and 0 and, and at LSU. And then on the pro scene, um, they they played some regional tournaments, won almost won nine out of ten regional tournaments. Their first AVP tournament in Atlanta went to the qualifier, had to qualify right to the main for the main draw, qualified main draw won. Their first international tournament tournament flew to Australia with no points, got the last spot in the qualifier, qualifier main draw won. Uh, I mean this and, and these girls are. are at LSU and the state the lieutenant governor said that they're fully sponsored so there are a lot of people like like for basketball or for certain people like if you want to be a, a pro you got to train with the best so a lot of people move so a lot of people move to California to train for beach volleyball it's almost like a given not these two these two stayed in the state of Louisiana the lieutenant governor called them said you're fully sponsored the, the state-of-the-art facilities are there they got a great coach from Texas uh, um his name is um Hamilton uh, Drew Hamilton and so just a, a cool sample size of just the three major sports in, in college and in, in, in the NCAA and LSU is just bossing it so um so uh i got i want to get somewhere with this i'm going to have a little fun uh so caitlin gave the crowd a little sauce in the semifinals. she got it back by angel reese um how you feel about that <laughs> look i mean i mean look personally as a coach maybe you feel different maybe you got we got that little coach carter thing like since when is winning not enough but um let's talk about that on different levels uh, but I want to give you the floor because I could talk all day about this. You know, I, I'm, man, <laughs> I don't see, I don't, I don't really see a lot, man. When, 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 when ballers are in the arena, I'm not gonna say all bets are off, but it's like, you know, I, I'm, I've never been one who's just like, you know, the real fly, let's stun on everybody because you're already, you're already dominant. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know. You dish, you take, and most people who do that typically can take. You know, the, the Caitlin the, did. The, she took the, it. The, the, the ultimate yeah. trash talkers love love for you to, to say it back. I mean, you know, we, we we look back at when Kobe used to bark at people, and he used to bark at people to say, "Are you going to say something back to me?" You know, so let's <laughs> let's kind of let's get, get over the the sensitivities or whatever. Now, I don't obviously I don't promote just you know downright just disrespect and just. You Show, know, showing people up, nastiness, yeah. and just really just overly showing someone up and like stomping them to the ground when they're down. But if there's going to be a little bit of competitive, you know, babble, trash talk, or whatever, I don't have an issue with that, man. 
You know, I never was one of those kind of guys, but I played ball with them and I was cool with them. And it's just like, my only thing is own what you do. Meaning if you get popped in the mouth and, you know, your teeth gets knocked out, like just be like, yeah, you got it. Like, don't try to be salty with it. Right. You, you've been, you've been, you know, delivering all of these blows and talking all mm -hmm. of this noise. Like, hold it. Hold the L. Hold the, the, the trash talk. Mm. Hold yourself accountable for yes. the fact that you are that. That's the only thing I have. Just, let me let me ask in, you something. Live, lean into what you are. Right. Let me ask you something though. Do you? I feel like Caitlyn is the only one that that was thick skinned about that. I thought the media got got a little soft as cotton about it. I, not not even the media. You got people like you have people that are not in mainstream media for sports, like Keith Olbermann. I mean, sometimes he's in sports. You know, saying all this this ridiculous stuff, talking about oh that was trashy, oh that's this and that. But I feel like to me. From my observation, I felt like the only person that was like, hey, I could dish it, I could take it, was Caitlyn. You know, if you look at the post-press uh, conference, she was like, nah, hey, she did her thing, you know what? And you know what? And and she was okay with that. And they actually had some pleasant words when they shook hands at the end. And, and I think the reason why people were hypersensitive and everybody's ears are so brittle, right, uh, um, was because there's been a historical pattern of of white exceptionalism when it comes to talking trash and this and that. Um, but before I explore that, I, I want to say the same thing as you. I personally, I had that Coach Carter mentality. Since when is winning not enough, right? You got you to gotta show somebody up to, you know what I mean? So on my personal note, just like you speaking as a former elite athlete, I played in Germany, Darmstadt, Germany, uh, as an outside hitter. Um, I, I share my personal sentiment. But there there was this thing where everybody's like, oh, it's race baiting, it's race baiting. And, and I don't think it was race baiting. I think just people... Uh, have a knee-jerk reaction because of a, a historical pattern of guys like Philip Rivers who talk to people all the time, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, go, go, you know, t talking about I own you, but when Terrell Owens says I love me some me, he's a, he's a locker room cancer. So, so I thought they missed the ball. It's just my opinion. I'm giving the floor back to you. I thought they missed the ball on this in, in terms of race or whatever and this and that, but I think it came from a place, a knee-jerk reaction place uh, that had a, a, a historical pattern of something that, that looks similar to this. But I, I don't agree. I don't think that. The media is always about polarities. Yeah. Always. Yeah. You know, yeah, black, so. white, rich, poor, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, America versus the world. It's it's always, it, it can't just ever be like, it's just us two in a room and I don't really care. Like, you know, I get, I get knocked a lot by people who look like me and say like, why don't you, why don't you care about race? I was like, because it's just irrelevant to me. It's relevant and it's irrelevant to me, right? To me, I, I don't. I don't wake up wondering what somebody who doesn't look like me thinks about me. I just don't, right? And I always, people always, you know, laugh at me because it's like, man, I got my brothers at the church. It's like, there's three white guys over there. It's like, I know, they're my brothers. Like, so miss me with all that. Yeah, light skin you know, like, brothers. That's, just a light skin brothers. They're, they're my, they're my brothers. I'm like, can't you, can't you see our mother bore both of us? Can't you tell? Like, because. And and and, I, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, I know they're going to try to they're going to try to spin that because there's money in division, man. Right. It just is. There's money in putting people at people's throats, red yeah. versus blue, white versus black. You know, d d pick pick your pick your polarities. You know, I agree. Whether it's whether it's whether it's sexual, whether it's you know political, whether it's spiritual, it, it doesn't matter. They wanted to play that up, and I knew that because it's it's like clockwork because they're mm -hmm. always ready for that because they're always looking for that. 
And the talking points are identical, aren't they? It's like the talk, like the talking points are hot ninety seven rhyme ready. I agree. I agree with you. Yep. Well, of course. Mm -hmm. They. they, It's like you can always look at them and say, "I know what they're going to do with this." They're going to say, "Is this like because?" That's true. But but you know what? To be fair, I mean, if you're a race hustler, are you? You pimp politically, mm-hmm. of course you're going to be looking for it. Otherwise, you don't have a job. Yeah, right. Why, why do you all that? All that dividing between that, like, if if you just be like, you know what, I wake up, I do my thing. Yeah. I'm not worried about any other race. You yeah. know, I align with people who align with me from a value standpoint, not skin color. Right. Right. From a from a spiritual religious standpoint, not any not skin color. Right. Not, I'm not on some kind of class system. I'm on a mindset issue here. I agree. Right. So I don't care about all your your other little nuances or whatever. It's like, hey, I can even do business with you, and I may not even really like you that much. Right. right? But can we can we get together and do something and go and go and go build this co- and go do something great and amazing? And yeah. you go home and like, hey, we split our bag and we go we go our separate ways. It's kind of just kind of liberating, obsessed. isn't it? Well, I don't I don't obsess over over mm-hmm. over division. Right. Like, again. My thing is more of a values principle system, right? I don't aside, anything else worried about. Amen. It's a values principle system. Yeah. I, I'm not the, the 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 race of a person like that doesn't even come into effect with me because th- that's that's one of the things that they use to be able to monetize us because they want to be like, hey, mm. hey, doesn't that bother you? Doesn't that bother you? Uh, not really. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's just two lions going after each other, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to win. And the only thing you say is you got it. You know, you know? The, and you know what the crazy thing is? Sorry to interrupt. The crazy thing is, like, I wasn't hooked on it. I didn't bite. But I knew if I listened long enough, they were gonna come up with something that was gonna make me bite. Right? For example, like Jill Biden wanted Jill wanted to invite both teams to the White House. And I have my friend ask me, she's like, Let me ask you something. If Iowa won, if Iowa won, would she would she would have been an idea to invite to invite Iowa and LSU to the White House? And I was like, ooh, I don't think so. If the situation were reversed, would she invite both teams? And I'm like, I can't believe I got sucked into that because of that question. And, and that was the point you were trying to make. If you don't if you don't drown the noise, it's gonna drown you. Um, I also think your your attitude and your mentality uh, uh, allows you to be just liberated and free of that you, you you're, you're in your 40s but you look like you're 28 you know what i'm saying and i think <laughs> you you really save years on your life from that you really do right you know me um i'm 53 and i, and I think i look all right I look, I look like a creepy 35 but um <laughs> but um but the cool thing is something. no the thing i liked what you said you you have a spiritual freedom um, from that there's a spiritual sense and a sense of community and common sense that frees you from that for me um my critical thinking skills free me frees me from that you just mentioned something before about like the someone you might not work, uh, like but there's someone that you might want to work with that be- that benefits maybe you and him and maybe other people as a collective whole to make a world a better place right and sometimes you know the old saying is we make peace with our enemies that, that that's the reason why there's a saying that's the same because yeah. making peace with your friends is not like a thing <laughs> right. so talk talk to me a little bit about um, drowning out the noise like this, and I just introduced it in the podcast. <laughs> and and I guess it's um, I guess what I'm trying to say is kind of send a message to some of our followers. We both got real a lot of followers. Um, how this approach um, allows other people to not live rent free in your head, if if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I, I sense where you're going. And it's funny you say you said make peace with your enemies. Actually, to, to take it deeper, you're supposed to love your enemies. In fact, give them the shirt off your back. Yep. You know, according to, you know, yeah. my spiritual beliefs, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to you're supposed to love them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Now, I'm not saying that that's easy to do because if somebody aggresses against me, it's like, wait a minute. You want me to forgive that dude? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me go. On my, let me go on my secret spot. Let me talk to you again and see if we can work something else out. Mm -hmm. But no, you, you, we are supposed to. We are called to something higher. And I think the way you get the whole, you know, someone out of your head or whatever is just, mm. you know, just take a step back. You know, you talked about like, oh, we're going to invite both teams or whatever, and that's because, you know, and I'm sure we'll get on this later. But that's the whole. Everyone's a winner, and I. And to be fair. I think if it went the other way, it could have easily went that way as well. Why? Because it's just like, oh, well, you know, you know, you got, again, the two sides, oppressed, oppressors. And, you know, we already know where, you know, certain people in politics, where they stand on certain issues. Right. That's the reason why it was said in the first place. I mean, we can skirt around the, the, that concept all we want, but that's where it is. Mm -hmm. And when you, and what, and what it's done, it's really weakened our country. Like we got this sort of, loser just somebody help me everyone gets pizza ice cream party <laughs> mentality that's just a joke like no <laughs> you lost you go home and hold your l properly like you, you need to hold that mm -hmm. and, yep. and and especially especially for the fellas man especially mm -hmm. for us like we we don't come in the game fully made we become mm -hmm. and we become through trial and error Mm -hmm. Through getting, you know, kill the man with the ball, through falling out of trees, through scuffing our knee up, getting bit by every organism known to man in the grass. That's how we grow up and, and, and we go, we're trial by fire, we're forged. That's how the metal is forged. And so when you get to the point where you're thinking on those mindsets and you're just like, okay, I need to be the best version of me so that I could serve the greatest number of people. Right. Because see, a lot of people, when, when people live right in your head, because you actually think this life you have is about you. You think that this is you think that the whole game is about you and it's not like what are you doing to make the game around you? Like what are they say? Being a team player. How are you making the game around you better? How are you making your home better? How are right. you making your community better? Your schools, your churches, your organizations. What are you contributing to make life better for others? And when we all have that collective understanding, and I'm not talking about some kumbaya, everybody get, gets an equal ration of food. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everybody going out there and killing a goat, killing a bear, killing a buffalo, and bringing some meat home, and then you split it with your people. Yes, and make, a coat, and, make a coat, and make a coat, and make a coat, make a coat, make a coat, you know, maybe, you know, get a little tent going, make some, maybe put something on my head, cover my head up. You know, you're out there in, in New York. It's kind of cold. So no, I'm mean, in California now, but, but go ahead. Oh, oh, oh. So, mm -hmm. so, so you got good weather now. That's mm -hmm. good, good. And put, put something on your head, cover your head up to make mm -hmm. sure, you know, keep yourself warm or whatever. But when you have a purpose and you're doing what you're doing in life and you know that you're serving and doing great things, I, I don't have time to worry about not only who doesn't like me, but who doesn't, who doesn't rock with me, who's not in my circle, who's, who 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 has some sort of issue? I just don't have time to think about. Man, I wonder. You know, I wonder if if this if this organization has a problem with people who look like me. I don't care. Yeah. I could care less. Yeah. Like seriously. Like when people say, you know, hey, you know, I go to a church down here, and people ask me, is it a black church? No, it's a church. There you go. 
it's a, it's, it's a church with every nationality and every uh, 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 language known to man. But I think I think there's a new. But but I got to stop you. There is a nuanced thing though when it comes to black church and white church. Okay, like is it is is it a Catholic church where they're singing hymnals or is it a place where they're doing backflips up the aisle, speaking in tongues and this and that? But I think you're right. But but that's more of mm -hmm. of the 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 religion of what their church philosophy is. Boom. Right. right. You know, you're talking about Pentecostal, Methodist, Lutheran, Mm non-denominational. Um, uh, Mormons, you know, seven day events. You're talking about all like there's a different flow to all of those. And yes, I've 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 been to some churches, um, where you know, spirit, where the funerals. spirits moving, huh? Well, I've been to some funerals where it it, it was a full turn up, wow. right? Like it just full. I, yes, I've been to a funeral. I was just like, mm. are we still at the like? There is somebody who we need to go bury. Have we forgotten? She's there. Because there's, there's sometimes where I've been places like that. So, so you know, I, I guess you could say that. But, I mean, there's some, there's, if you want to talk about the difference between black and white, I've been to some white churches where they turn up, too. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. well, you're from like, the so South, too. It's just, so. <laughs> it's just the, whatever the pastor, however the pastor leads it, right. whatever. And I'm just so, more so going on the idea that, like, I go there and I feel like if the Spirit is leading me, um, I'm not doing a census on how many people of every nationality is in there and however many countries are are. are represented in here like I, i'm not looking for you know let me do let me do my diversity checklist right. when i go to a gotcha. church no well I'm i, d- I do of- i do but it's for it's for completely different reasons uh okay. like I'll give you an example. I posted a picture on a social network of one of the first college teams I ever coached, um, New York City Technical College. I had to build that NCAA program off the ground, right? So I did a checklist, right, of all the players standing next to me, like a team picture. Mm-hmm. It was like, boom, Venezuela, that guy, Trinidad, that dude, Jamaica, that dude, Brazil, that dude, Poland, right? So so for me, I always I, – so pe- some people say they don't recognize race, but it's for all the noble reasons you're talking about. And those they, and those definitely deserve the respect because that allows you to just get more done and and, and, and embrace the, the whole concept of, uh, or bring new meaning to the term unity. But for me, I guess it's because I'm mixed. My mom's black, my dad's white, so I'm always – I'm not – I just think for me – if I recognize diversity, then we have this this function where we can we can all laugh together. Where you know what I'm saying we're brittle, you know some jokes that, that that are not necessarily tasteless or whatever. Like Dave Chappelle, I remember one said he says I'm not doing any more transgender jokes until we can all laugh together, right? You know he he went scorched earth on this on that on that last one, but he he kind of got it and he just wanted everybody else to get it. So so but I love where you're coming from on this. And when you were talking about this, and I'm gonna give you the floor back. I was watch I was thinking of this this movie Hustle and Flow, Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. Where the, the DJ, remember the DJ was white and he's like, come here for a second. Let me, yeah, hey, 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 man, let me holler at you, man. He said, you know, he's white, right? You know, he, he said, no, he's a light skinned brother. It was um Anderson. I forgot his name, Greg Anderson. He said, no, he's a light skinned brother. So when, when you were talking about that, that's all I could think about. And I was like, God damn, we're the same brother. Now. I want to steer the ship on if if we can we um but if you something you want to say about this you could definitely say this but I wanted to steer the ship about what you were talking about the value of hard work like the people who are on these projects and putting in the work and not caring about what people think because the only thing they can think about is the end result and then and sometimes when you finish this work of art whether you're building something or whether you're coaching a team and you see the finished product all you can do is be be wowed at at what it is and and you and at that time you're a prisoner of the 
moment, right? You're not thinking about what other people think. My wheelhouse, volleyball. We're talking about women's volleyball. They won the gold. Karch Karai, who was the coach. I've never, we were like, dude, the robot feels. Cause this guy was a robot, <laughs> you know? I mean, cold, there's a cold fish. And he started crying and he just kept saying they did it. Not we, I did it, not we did it. They did it, they did it. And he he was crying like, you know how some kids when they cry, you can't understand what they say, hey, what's wrong? Ice cream. So um, I wanted you to talk to me about the value of hard work and why people like that don't pay attention to 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 um to outside forces. Maybe is it because they ain't got time for that? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean that might be one of the many reasons. But I'm I'm, I'm going to give you the floor about that because you I think this is more within your wheelhouse to talk about. I'm qualified, but but you are definitely qualified. Yeah, once uh, once someone comes up with a plan, uh, whatever it is you're trying to build, a company, a family, career, um, a philosophy, a program, a product, I mean, like, you, you're very narrow-minded on, like, 80% of my day is going to be consumed with this. And even the other 20 is going to be in support of this, you know, whether it's, you know, coming home to a family coming home to your kids or whatever. And it's like, not that the percentage is less for them, but it's like your working hours is 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 very singular focus. And so you just don't have time for for nonsense and, 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 and conversations that aren't going to go to the bottom line, which is completing this task. And, and when you get to the point where you're doing life at that level, you just don't have time for, 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 for distractions. You stop going to places maybe you went before because, you know, I'm trying to build an iPhone. You know, and I don't have time to, you know, do the Friday happy hour thing any longer. Um, I don't have time to, you know, have these useless conversations on the phone with certain people who, you know, everybody has that person who's just like, yeah, I'll just, I, I was bored. So I called you and it's just like, wow, that's not respectful at all, is it? You know, I'm the person you call when you're bored, you know, like, well, what are we doing here? And so um, hard work is just, just, just it, it, well, it's nature. It, it, it's what it is. I mean. You know, you're talking about the seed to a plant, right? You're talking about, you know, the gestation period. You're talking about the caterpillar to a butterfly. All that is hard work, is pain, is death, right? And I think, like, when we think about this on a bigger sense, for you to grow into whatever this is you're working for, the old limited you needs to die. Your old ways, your old mindset, the, the, the way you used to operate, I mean, that's what growth is about. I would hope somebody at 43 is not thinking like they were when they were 17. I hope not. Good now, Lord. we do know we we all have friends who do, um, and we know how well they're doing or how well they're not doing right now. But that's the understanding is that that no one's going to do the work for you. Um, you have to be the example. You have to be the one. You have to be the leader. And you have to start by leading your own life. And, and there is nothing to be accomplished without some level of hard work. There's no way to get around it, whether you're talking about a sports team, whether you're talking about a corporation, whether you're talking about a nonprofit, whether you're talking about teaching school, anything, any trade, anything where there's levels. And by the way, there's always levels. There's no, you know, everyone gets the same amount. That's never existed in human history and it never will. Right. I don't care how many ways you try to work this there's always got to be a way where somebody can strive for more right. and we want that yeah right this whole you know we need to even a playing field there's no such thing as an even playing field like i mm. i always i always uh say there's no such thing as equality right because there's not 
No, life, life's like, not fair. <laughs> like you just like the said. Great, like the great Thomas Sowell said, <laughs> you're not even equal to yourself yesterday. So how's there equality? Okay. You know, if you have a family of three or four, all the kids don't get equal treatment. Parents might be like, yeah, I'll treat them all equally. No, you don't. Because mm-hmm. it's impossible. You can't. Because right. each of them have their own special needs. Right. Some of them might need more attention than others. There is no equality in this world. Right. None. Zero. Nada. Everything is based on a moment-by-moment moment basis, and you put intentions together, but at the end of the day, no one's going to end up in the same place with the same resources, with right. the same skills, nor does everybody have the same interest. The, the reason why you can never put it to a situation where everybody ends up crossing the finish line at the same time, because everybody doesn't want the same thing. <laughs> you know, true. You may be willing to wake up at five o'clock every morning for your goal. The dude up the street might not want to wake up until nine. You have four hours extra to get your task, your your things done that he doesn't. Well, nine times out of 10, the end result of the two of you is going to be different. Not my opinion. That's just the way the game works. Yeah. And so when we understand that level, hard work is different for all of us. I and agree. so you find your way in that and just know you get back what you put in, right? Don't be looking at the next guy, the guy next door, pocket watching him wondering why his car looks better than yours if anything if you have a problem with that why don't you go say hey what are you working on what mm. mindset are you operating with what books are you reading mm. what what what's your what's your morning routine how, how did you accomplish such things don't be a hater go mm. over there and be like hey <laughs> you you um... got a couple of, got a couple, a couple of pointers you can shoot over my way i'd like to be better in life you also stumbled onto something uh, more significant because when you said there are levels to this on on so many scales, um, the value of hard work and dealing win- dealing with wins and losses was, is very, very important. But before we get to that, I just want to make a mental note. Uh, when I moved to California, I, I had I, I moved here with like, what, 17 years of coaching experience. You know, I was already a former player and this and that. But I knew because it's cliquish out here, no one knew me, I had to start over, right? So... I hit the ground running so fast. I had people ask me, like, how did you do it? Like, you're this guy from New York. There are people that have been in California for 20 years and not, and not where you are now. And I said, one, and, and you said this in, your, in a previous podcast, one, life's not fair, right? Sometimes you got to run 150 yards, 150 meters for the 100 meter dash. But you know that going, you're just going to train harder and run faster. Because at the end of the day, like Bill Parr says, you are what your record says you are. You're, did you did you do it or did you not, right? Oh, I, I almost did. I, or I didn't I didn't do it because of this. I didn't do it because of that, right? That's not inspiring. No one wants to hear that. Um, but the second most important thing is if you don't take that fact, that historical fact that life's not fair, if you don't take that fact um, and pontificate how it's unfair, if you just put your nose in the work, um, you, there's a huge reward at the end of that, right? Like, and that's what I told my friends about while I was out here. I said, I knew it wasn't fair, but if I didn't take that fact kicking and screaming, right? Because nobody wants to work with that person either, right? Um, <laughs> but I didn't take that fact kicking and screaming, I, and I was rewarded for that. I'm, 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 I'm actually in a, in a pretty good place here. I'm almost, I'm almost in the catbird seat. But we were talking about um, different levels to this that you mentioned in your diatribe of, of, of certain, the, the certain human conditions, I'll just say. <laughs> and I want to phrase it like this. For kids, the first time that most kids or a lot of kids, the first time they ever deal with a loss isn't a sporting event. 
You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, I mean, they're, I mean, deal with a, a personal loss, you know, is uh, or or something that they wanted. So, talk to me a little bit about. Cause maybe I'm trying to segue into participation trophies and how we hate them, but talk to me a little bit about um, the different levels. Because you 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 recently were working with kids. You're like, wow, this is a little young. I didn't. I, this isn't the age group I thought I was going to be working with. I remember you, you you were telling that story. But talk to me about the the the, the other levels. We 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 can talk about the high level and professional level and college level ad nauseum. Talk to me about building these personalities and building uh, um, and how this helps build young, young the young uh, the character uh, um, and the motivation of young minds. I don't I don't know how to ask a question to, to save my no, life, but I no, think you, you got what good, I'm saying. You're good. Um, and I'm on record saying this: every young kid, especially the males, need to be in competitive sports. Period. Yeah. For, or some discipline, right? Maybe jujitsu class or something. Maybe somewhere where they got they have it, to yeah, go and somewhere and respect other people. So, so I, some something competitive, something mm. where there's a clear winner and a clear loser. Boom. Like we need that, right? I'm not talking about we're just doing it for a hobby. No, I want something where you can get an L. I want a loss to be in the cards. And obviously, people are like, well, you know, my my kid's not very athletic. Keep them in there until you absolutely can't keep them in there any longer because sports is bigger than just that part of it. You got teamwork, responsibility, accountability, and there's there's a level to where if you don't, you're, you're accountable to other young men or other young girls, right? Like you're part of a team dynamic, meaning you're part, you're a puzzle piece in the full picture. You not being there, you not contributing, you not giving your all, it hurts other people. And so now there's a there's there's a relationship between you and those people. It's just like, hey, you know, I thought you had my back. Hmm. Like, and so now it 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 brings it it builds a culture around you. And the thing is that you you have to the character building that comes with, especially you got team sports and you have individual sports. And if you have the opportunity, put them in both. So your team sports obviously is your baseball, football, basketball, sports like that. Certainly indoor Soccer, volleyball. Yeah. Uh, volleyball, where there's where 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 there's a whole team dynamic, meaning all the parts are needed to make this work. And in these other sports, you're part of a team, but it's still individual. Track, wrestling, tennis, swimming, those types of sports. Those sports build a ton of character because I love those sports because you can't blame somebody else for your failure. Yep. It's you in that lane. You're the only one there in wrestling. You're the one in the ring. You're by yourself in the pool. You're the yeah. one in that lane. You can't Any like, sport where there's hey. not a bench. Right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to use that one. Because beach volleyball, that. right? We our, our, our motto is there's no bench on the beach. I mean, doubles is not singles, but uh, the whole time you're, you're you're listing off these single sports, I'm like, I'd love to to put doubles in there, but volleyball, but it doesn't count because it's doubles. But but there's no the same philosophy, no bench on the beach. You can't you can't sub them out. Sorry, go sure, ahead. Sure, <laughs> and, and 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 really, it's more so the idea, like you know, in basketball, you can be like, oh, y'all don't pass me the ball enough. In football, it's like, well, you missed the block. And mm -hmm. uh, and, and baseball, you didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't scoop up and make the double play like we needed, and all those different things like mm -hmm. that. In wrestling, it's you and someone else. Wow, jujitsu. Like, yeah. <laughs> all spotlight is on you. And track, you're in that lane. Where did you cross the finish line? First, second, third, fourth, fifth are not placing, right? And swimming, 
boom, you jump in that water, you can't be like, you know, Kaylee didn't, no, no, no. It's a one, it's a one-on-one -on -one race. It's you and seven people, nine people, whatever, how many lanes are there? You have to deal with that. And so that that builds a character in you that you that you're that you just can't learn at home without it. And so, like somebody say, you know, you might find out your kid's just not athletic. Like he's like right. two left feet, you know, she's kind of clunky or and ugly shoes. <laughs> yeah, you know, but keep them in as long as you can for the lessons that come with it. Maybe they don't get on the field too much, but they're a good locker room person and they learn the idea of teamwork and being accountable to somebody else, to being uh, a, a servant leader, to be selfless and not thinking about themselves or thinking about something greater. And so keep them in for those reasons. But either way, when you start talking about the kids aspect of things, my thing is, is that your kid needs to be part of something that goes beyond school. Meaning when the, when the bell rings for school, they're not coming home. They're 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 part of an activity, like you said. Whether it's you know jujitsu, ju whether it's mixed martial arts, whether it's the debate club, whether it's the band, you need to be a part of something that's outside of school because you need the social circle in the community to build your character, mm -hmm. to build who you're going to become. And you know what? You need someone who's going to look at you and be like, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing that." You know, like I always say, like, I know we, you know, I came up in the, I came up in the nineties and we used to rank a lot on each other. Just, I mean, dude, Hey, Hey man, you got the biggest nose. I, I mean, like, I mean, it was, it, it was just a bunch of, oh man, this, this boy's shoes is like, we used to just rank on each other about, even if it was like dude, on yep. some poverty status class level. Like, your shoes are, beg your shoes are just, begging for bread. <laughs> we used to just trip on each other like, oh man. My man over here got the biggest lips. Man, you could just catch them in the wind. Like we used to just rank on each other. And it was like, but we all, but everybody had something they got faded for. So it wasn't like, oh man, nobody got pouty because it was like, yes, you know, when you walk into the room, you know, that's what it was going to be. When I got to college, everybody used to be like, man, Ahmad never sits still. Here's a Jamaican coming in the room. He's got the fruit basket. And he's like, it's like they used to just, they used to be a mockery, but they respected it. But it was a knock. But it was cool. It was, and so yeah. we almost need to get back. Like Dave, you said, Dave Chappelle said, when we can laugh and stuff. Through the 80s and 90s, and probably before then, everybody laughed at everybody. Gay, straight, black, white, Jew, Christian. It didn't matter. Everybody got smoke. Yeah. Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Green Party. Everybody got it. And Dude, so yeah. we all laugh with one another because you know what makes stereotypes so awesome? Oh, we don't want to stereotype now. No, let's get back to stereotyping again because there's about 10 to 20% of it that's true. That's what makes it funny yes. to just call out people, you know? Like I, to just. It's what made George Carlin and Eddie Murphy and, and, man, and Richard Pryor just, and those guys so funny. Just, Sorry, go just ahead. Mm -hmm. Eddie, like you said, Eddie Murphy, these guys, it, it was just ranking. Uh, Sandy Entertainer, you know? Mm -hmm. He, he plays one for Fred, guys is in another Fred. He's just like, hey, some are known for this, some are known for that. And there's always a bit of truth in there, which made it funny. But now it's like, oh, we can't talk about those people. We can't talk about those people. The reason why we're so sensitive and want participation trophies, because no one can sit up there and just take an L from one another. We can't talk wow, about each that's other. that's so, keep, keep going. We that was so, We yep. can't rank. We can't rank on each other anymore. Oh, well, you know, they're marginalized. What the heck is marginalized anyway? 
Mm-hmm. We all we all got flaws, right? We have a stereotype about every race, every religion, every creed, everything. There's a there's something you can rank on everybody. Why mm-hmm. is everybody not fair game? Why are certain people like, oh, well, you can't talk about them? You know, they're very sensitive about their hair. Oh, well, you know, their class. You know, they're at the bottom of the food chain. It's like based on what? Like says, seriously, yeah, says based who? On what? Yeah, yep. right. You know, like, oh well, those people they're the ones with all the money. Are they? Because mm-hmm. I know some people of that ilk you're talking about who are broke and some of them are homeless, mm-hmm. right? And I know some people over here is like, oh, you know, they can't take tests well. I know some very smart people over there. What are we talking about? Like when we just take the guard, that's why, that's why there's so much tension between, you know, all sides. We were talking about the polarity. It's because we can't laugh with each other anymore. Right. You can't rank. You can't talk about, there's certain groups you just can't talk about. Why? Well, you. Here's here's where I think the enemy is. The enemy um, is validation, right? You when you teach your kids that it's okay to finish second because you're important too, or you you teach your kids that that um, this person's you know the captain of the of the basketball team or this person's parents are rich and this and that. So what happens? You start to despise that because you 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 don't want to be excluded because of that. And then what happens is you fight like hell to be validated you get caught up in the validation game and before you can blink Amar, before you can blink you become what you despise you become i was just talking about my trip to california right moving here to california like people like we don't know who you are and and in my and my and i started to get to get defensive i'm like f you i played in germany f you i did this I, i did this i did that and you know what happens i'm sitting there rolling off my resume trying to prove myself uh and i go home disgusted with myself because i become what i despise you know, and mm-hmm. I, I and I and I don't I'm 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 just coming up with this now. So <laughs> for our audience listening, man, we just trying to answer this. Me and me and Amar, we're just trying to answer this question together. But posing the question itself took a lot of um audacity on on both of our parts. Um, how much is that you think that's associated to the pressure of, of the validation game? Uh, I would. I mean, I'm, I'm, can we put a number on that? Can we put a percentage on that? Is it all of that? Uh, um, it's the only thing I can think of right now because I'm a prisoner of the moment, um, Mr. Vital. It's a sad state of affairs that that everyone feels like. Not only does everyone get a ribbon, but everybody needs to like you, mm-hmm. right? I was hearing that the other day about one of the communities. I won't name that because there's so many of them who are just fighting to be in what the, the victim Olympics. We're just trying, we're ranking hierarchies. Like, hey, you know, how many how many boxes do you check off of things that don't work? And it's just like, we're doing this? So th- there is this level of validation of where it's like, when did we get into society when when everybody has to like you? Everybody has to agree with you, right? I could care less if somebody rocks with me or not. I know sometimes my views may not be seen as something somebody likes. Like there's certain parts of our country, of our, you know, of our government that I don't like. Like, I don't believe you deserve anything. Seriously, I don't believe you deserve anything. Respect, money, healthcare, whatever it is. I think we earn all of this. We go out and we do what needs to be done. Well, what about these folks? What, what about them? Like, is there something within them that they can't take care of this, right? Like, when did we get to where it's like, okay, you guys are off limits to not have to put in work. Mm-hmm. All of you over here put in the work 
so so they cannot have to work like when in human history did, has that been a thing other than what the last 200 years or maybe mm. even the last hundred yeah the, well, the, the there, there was a time if you didn't do that you wouldn't live so sorry go ahead <laughs> you, yeah and and and, and, and what's was interesting it's interesting you say that because eventually biology reality and these things win every time they're, they're undefeated right the biology between sexes between right between all of those things they always end up winning in the end i know we're trying to fight against reality and like you know hey everybody's gonna cross the finish line at the same time nope never going to happen never going to happen we're always going to have a class system like you were just talking about you know the validation there's always going to be a winner and a loser there's always going to be rich and poor right the poor will always be amongst us sorry that's just the way it is there's always going to be hierarchies there's always going to be the privilege right mm -hmm. and you know what shocker the privilege has nothing to do with your skin color let's go ahead and put that out there real quick put that on the record the privilege is on a whole nother level okay and there's privilege across the board that you goes, go across the pond right. to the to that the goes Middle beyond East, yep. to china asia you'll see privilege over there you'll see privilege in germany you'll see privilege in england iceland america south america you can see it everywhere it has nothing to do with race nothing to do with race so when you're going through this there's there's just an idea that work has to be put in at the end of the day life is not fair it never will be fair. It won't be fair in your house. It won't be fair at your job. It has nothing to do with how you dress, what your hair looks like, how, how much you clip your nails down. Life is just not fair. And I'll even take it one step further. And I'm going to use a word that's a little stronger than, than, than I like to use in podcasts. But everyone needs to realize that there's a point of life where life sucks. And what do I mean by that? People... See, what you were talking about earlier, people have this idea, you know, this whole YOLO thing, you know, do what makes you happy. If it don't make you happy, do something else. No, that's not how life works. Sometimes there's a season of life where life is, might be trash. It might be a 10 year stretch where it's just not awesome. You may be having to work that crappy job to fuel your dream. Everything you love is not going to get you paid. Okay. Yeah. There's certain things that need to happen for you to go and be able to master the dream you're trying to do. And it may not be happy. We can't all sit around and finger paint all day, okay? And wake up at 12 and drink Starbucks. That's not how it works. You gotta get, sometimes you gotta get in the mud and you have to get dirty. But when society is telling you, you know, if you're not happy, go find what makes you happy. Yes, and be broke. Yeah. Because there's things I do throughout my day. I love what I do, but there's some parts of what I do that's not so awesome at all having to drive and commute i don't like doing that every day but you know what that's the goat i have to go slay that's the buffalo i have to drag home mm -hmm. so happy is not what i shoot for in life anymore i shoot for fulfillment meaning that if something is fulfilling it comes with a cost there's a trade-off there's Yo. a trade-off oh, to yeah. success and there's a trade-off for poverty and you know what i'd much rather come away with scars for success than poverty. So when we get that mindset out of here, and it's gonna take some time, you know, that's where the participation trophies come in. That's where everyone gets a pizza party, even though you went 0 and 12 on the season. You know, those types of things, all those things are happening right now because daddy and mommy don't wanna hurt Junior's feelings. But Junior's feelings need to be hurt. In fact, Junior's feelings need to be trampled on. 
right? I always I always share the uh, the the lesson I got. I was a track runner. My father put me in track when I was ten years old, and once again, one of those sports where you gotta <laughs> you have to you have to own up to what you are. And no, pretty there's no bench. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no bench. <laughs> no bench. Um, I was a pretty good track runner. Um, came away with medals. I left I left my high school with five school records, but. There was sometimes, you know, coming up, I think I was about 10 or 11 years old. And I guess it just wasn't my day. Maybe everybody in the heat was just that guy and I wasn't. Yeah. I crossed the line fifth place. And I remember, you know, you get medals for first, second, and third. And in summer track, they give you these little goofy ribbons, these little no, floppy ribbons. Stop it. And I think it was like purple green or something. It was whack. It was yeah. lame. So I'm sitting up there holding this ribbon and I'm sick. And I'm just like, I'm going home. I'm in the backseat just so just and I remember my mother was in the passenger seat and she turned around and she wanted to console me. And my dad gave her that look. He gave her that, that hard stare and said, uh-uh, let him, uh, let him hold all that. Mm. And so I'm sitting in the back of the car, upset, crying, sulking, everything, 30 minute drive home, all the feelings, all of them just, and so what that does is the development that I learned in the backseat of that car in 30 minutes is more than my parents could have taught me in a month. It's the, right? sorry, it's the only way though that allowed you to come full circle, right? I mean, if you got consoled in this and that, this really, it diminishes the learning lesson of it because, and um, it lessens the chances of you um, of, the, of you value in conquering that demon, all right? I'll go on a more simplistic level. I, I'm in um, uh, Anaheim, right? Um, um, it's game three, we're up, it's a game to 15, we're up 14, 13. I have a mm -hmm. middle blocker. I had no one else to serve, right? <laughs> She's at the service line, she misses. The other team scores three times and they win. In the same tournament, 14-13, she's at the service line. She missed. And and serve is a controllable in volleyball, right? Ain't nobody can block it. You know, ain't nobody going to jump in the way. So that's, you know what I'm saying? So it's a thing where I know she feels like absolute crap about it. And when we lost those two matches, which knocked us out of the gold bracket and, and put us in the silver, which we won out. We just won the rest of the games and collected our silver, which is which to the kids was disappointing because for reasons you know. But I told them, I'm not the coach that's going to tell you don't feel bad. Feel bad because one, it's, it's how you really feel. And two, it's a very, it's no matter what you think right now, it's a very freaking temporary feeling. <laughs> so you need to find ways to deal with this. Let that, let that, let that simmer, right? That, let that marinate and then know when to hit the reset button. And this is why I brought this whole thing up with you because there are certain parents that raise their kids or coaches that that coach kids where they're like they want they want the kids to express themselves and that's how they learn and there's and that's important too but manners discipline and all these things can can all also be taught so it's really a healthy balance uh, of things um i'm gonna shape my question like this because we're staying with juniors for a little bit chael sonnen mma fighter right uh, a color commentator once said that they tell you that losing is not an option. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. He says losing is an option. Losing is the most readily available option all the time. It's always there when you need it. Again, not hot 97 rhyme ready. See, he says, so if you're one of these situations where it's 
you're you know you're in a basketball game and it's 70 70 and and you're tied or, or you're in an mma match it's 15 seconds left you don't know if you're winning or losing there's two important things he wanted you to remember one your opponent's feeling the same thing most likely right because that team when we were 14 13 let me tell you something we were 14 13 that team was crapping their pants they're like how are we going to get a side out we just got blocked we just got aced we, we can't you know this team's digging everything we're hitting at them and then all of a sudden you serve out it's like oh you know i saw that the side of relief oh thank the lord right so so one um the other team's feeling it too and two stop treating it like it's an, an unnatural feeling right like you said, losing, you learn more from losing than winning. It is not an unnatural feeling. So for me, and I'd like to give you the floor on this, if you kind of have that kid that has a demon on her shoulder and has this, these hangups and, and these moments that they think count, uh, um, we as coaches, we say, hey, let's go, you know, next play. And when the game's over, nah, you, 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 get, I'm going to give you some time to yourself and you come back at this from a different angle, right? Or you could let negative talk cr creep up in their head, you know what I'm saying? Which is, which is, um, you know, ah, you know, you blew it, oh, this or that, you know what I'm saying? And you can leave them with that, but, which is also important too. But there's the, the, to me, it's about this healthy balance that, that, cause you have a thought right now and I'm, I'm trying to finish as fast as I can. Uh, it's this healthy balance of, and making them understand, but also at the same time, you're not going to learn anything unless you, unless, you know, I, I leave kids alone because when they feel that way, it means that they care about it, right? It means it's important to them. You never seen a kid cry about a loss he didn't care about. That, that's, that, that psychologically doesn't exist. It's illogical. So talk to me about uh, to, um, the process of, of having these kids understand about losing, what it feels like to lose, how they come back from it, and just stuff like that. Because I know you had a thought right now, and I was trying to shut up. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. No, I, no. When when you're talking, I'm, I'm I'm taking things in, and I'm I'm listening to you, and 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 and, and knowing that like this this is so important um, because we've gotten away from the idea of competition. I mean. For goodness sakes, if you listen to some commentators, they don't even think competition is good. And it's just like, well, that's not what's up. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about kids, like you said, you gotta let you have to let them feel stuff. And I know we're trying to we're trying to bubble wrap everyone, feelings and all these things like that. You know, and I was I was I was speaking recently on the idea of mental health. And I'm not disregarding that mental health is not real. I mean depression, anxiety, you know, suicidal thoughts, all those things are, are, are obviously on the mental health spectrum. And I know it goes much deeper than that, but I'm just kind of hitting the highlights of what teenagers are dealing with right now, because those numbers, even pre-COVID and post-COVID are through the roof. And, and a, a lot of that is what you talked about, like not letting someone cry it out, right? Sometimes you hear people like, you know, that, you know, she has a mental health issue or she could just be having a bad day. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like it's a real it's thing. Just, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's a, or, 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 you know, Jason, you know how it works. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're a coach, you're a podcaster. Like sometimes you, you, when you're coaching some seasons, I'm not talking about a game. I'm talking about some seasons just don't go well. It seems like anything that could go wrong did. And that's life too, where it's like, you know, maybe there's a three month period at the job where things just aren't working. You're just like, man, every day seems like it's just no. the whole weight of the world is on me. It's not working out. I had one of those 
uh, you know, coming out of last year in the middle of, you know, coming out of Thanksgiving into Christmas, it's like housing market was going crazy. And it's like, you know, we're still doing our thing. Homes aren't moving like they need to be. And it's just like, man, like, is there ever a day where like, it's not 90 things to do? Like, is there ever a day where I can just sort of kick back and, you know, take the foot off the gas a little bit? Or do I need to redline this thing every day for four months? Life comes in seasons, and sometimes the season is very rough for you, right? Seed time and harvest time. Let's go back to nature, right? And so when kids are dealing with this, like, let them crash. Let them crash, right? I'm not saying you don't still, like, I don't want you to get to the point where you're just allowing them to just let their thoughts just go completely haywire, but let them feel what a loss, mm -hmm. what disappointment feels like, right? Right? And- you know, the way my father used to break it down to me was, is there's upset and there's disappointed. Right. You want your dad upset with you because that's fleeting. Like, I'm mad at you for this. Disappointment hurts their soul. Yes. Right. And so you you want to get to the point where it's just like they know the feeling of disappointing not only themselves, but the family, mm -hmm. the team, the school. The community, the young man gets kicked off the team. Young lady gets uh, um, flunks out and can't make the team. You've disappointed many people. You need to feel what that feels like so that you know that you have the you have the idea to like, hey, when I was a sophomore, I flunked out and I couldn't play sports anymore. I let the whole team down. I let the school down. I let the community down. And worst of all, I let my family down. Mm -hmm. They need to feel what that feels like. So that when now it's time to go back into the lab and recreate and say, you know what? I know what that feels like. And how about I put in the work for that not to happen? Not to say it won't, but you'll be able to deal with it a whole lot better now that you know it's like, okay, I see where I made some mistakes and you can correct those now. And we have to get back to the point where we're keeping people from, and I think that's where a lot of even the political jargon is right now. We're trying to prevent people from failing and you can't. No. You can't prevent people from squandering their mortgage payments at the craps table, right? You can't prevent people from making mistakes. It's part of it. We need to prevent people from, you know, breaking into people, doing crimes and different things. Like you don't prevent that. You, you just have the awareness and you put yourself in the best possible position. But evil and bad things and <clears throat> adversity and struggles and stress and depression, all of these things are going to continue to happen. You can't work them out of society. They're part of the full mosaic of our lives. I agree. Right? Yeah. So when we're talking about mental health, it's like, let them understand, like, you know, if they need some time on someone's couch, let's work that out. But sometimes maybe just let them experience loss. Mm. experience yeah. it when you try to take that off the table just like if you try to cut the caterpillar out of that cocoon when it's trying to become a butterfly it dies because the pain it takes to come out of the cocoon is the is, is the strength it needs to be able to for the yeah. wings to be able to fly yes that's life oh but you can't yeah. take these things away from people and think that there's not going to be some downstream effects that's why you have 30 year olds saying I'm just going to quit my job because I'm not happy. Are you getting paid? Mm -hmm. Are you providing a service? <laughs> go do it. You have mobility to go wherever you want, but know that it comes with a trade-off. Yes. There's a cost 
People don't want to pay that fare. They don't want to pay the fee for success or whatever comes with it. If you want something, it is going to come with a cost. If you want to start a family, it comes at a cost. You want to start a business, it comes with a cost. Writing a book, you know, making the varsity team. All of these are costs, but we're trying to take the cost off the table and we just want the prize and we're ill-prepared for all of it. And I was just, um, and that was that was going to bring me to the the broader point as my kind of my little by the way moment, um, that's connected to your fulfillment versus happiness thing. That same girl who missed the who missed the serves, <clears throat> um, and it's crazy because I love talking about juniors on on this because juniors it's more animated and it means more to me than because I coach pros you know on the AVP okay. and I also coach NCAA for twelve um twelve years. Um, at the Division One, Two, nice. and Three level, LMU and Baruch College in New York. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not. Don't know who George Santos was, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, never, never heard of that guy. <laughs> I was, I was at Baruch. <laughs> but um, that girl who missed the serves in Anaheim. We're in Vegas, fourteen thirteen. She serves an ace. And we have we, we have a huge a fast turnaround. So there's another match. So while I'm talking to the team, I look in the corner of my eye, and she's tall enough. She's she's a tall middle, so she's standing above the crowd, and I could see this. I could see her eyes like this, and I looked at her, and I was like, I know how you feel right now. I know there's this fulfillment of of, of how you've come full circle, and and this moment where you thought history could repeat itself but something else can what happen and i'm like congratulations because now you know how it feels like to lose and you were hurt and you were and it was grief stricken because that again it generates from caring but mm -hmm. now but now today it went the other way now it went the other way and doesn't it feel more rewarding doesn't it feel more fulfilling to know what it feels like to lose and at the same time come back and when it counts it was it was a match to get into gold to get into the gold bracket which, by the way, is rare because for 14s, when you have a big club and then you have like 10 teams of 14 and you have multiple teams go, you kind of get it. We only have two 14s teams and they both qualify for goal. So it was and, and it was all decided in game three because they're up to 25, but game three is up to 15, 14, 13. I was like, do I put someone in a surf for her? But I said, well, my luck, I'll put someone in a surf for her and that person will miss. And then we learn nothing, right? And then, you know what I'm saying? As, and, as, and as a motivational speaker and a coach and an athlete, you get what I'm saying. Like, like if I put someone in, she misses, there's, not, there's nothing learned on this. Or she can miss a third time and, and, and now we got a problem. Or she can serve in and we'll win the rally. Or even better, even better, she gets an ace. <laughs> ace. Sure. It hit the top of the tape at a spot where nobody could play. And, it, and it, it was like the Kawhi Leonard shot. It hit the tape, bounced up, landed on the tape, stayed on the top of the tape, and all everybody can do was watch to see which side it fell on. It fell on their side, ace. It was just, and it was, and as a coach, you know, remember like Kawhi, he's in the corner and this, this emotionless guy, you're like, yeah, I got you. The robot feels, I know, I knew you felt something. You could be all robotic if you want, but in that moment, the robot feels, and let me tell you something, I'm a theater performer. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't hide the way I feel, man. That was great. But I, I knew you'd appreciate the moment we're in the huddle. And we didn't need to talk about it. I, I just saw her and she saw me and there was a whole conversation there. And that was the, the broader point I was trying to get to. She doesn't get there and she doesn't feel the way she, she feels without disappointment. She doesn't feel the way she feels where, where she's like, how do I go about this next time and the time after that and the time after that? And that's a valuable lesson. And, but, and again, as coaches, I hate 
And, um, and this, I'm gonna definitely give you the floor. I hate when people sweep everything under the under the 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 band of negative talk, right? Like, you can like she can miss a serve, and I could be like, I hope you're happy. And that's not the same category as I know how you feel right now, but you need to cowboy the F up because we have another match. So take your moment because I need you. Right. So we got a culture out there that considers both of those things the same category of negative talk. And I know and you know damn well, that's not the same thing, bro. That's not the same thing. No, no. I mean, <laughs> He's like so much to unpack. <laughs> Cause see, even 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 the nonverbals. Um, mm -hmm. I work with a lot of teenage guys mm -hmm. down here, and you know, we'll be in service or something, and I'll see them over there doing something, and I'll just, I'll just give them the look, and they know what that look means. That they, they know that they know that when we when we come out, when it's back to like talking again, they know I'm going to go and check them and be like. Why were you being disrespectful while a speaker was speaking? You know, like my guys don't get a pass at all. Why? Because I want them to be warriors. Why? Because the world is going to beat them up when they get out there. I don't care. Once again, you're, you're the male species. You finna go out there and fight battles. Right. And I know they're trying to take that off the table as well. You know, you know, keep your toxicity over there, but <laughs> whatever, that's a whole nother podcast for another day. Um, but the bottom line is like, they're, they're, there has to be some accountability. There has to be, here's the expectations. You know what I expect from you, right? And here's the deal. Obviously I raised the bar very high for my young men, extremely high, right? If you're 13, I'm training you on a 16. 16, I'm training you like you're 20. Bam. 20, I'm training you like you're 25, right? And it's like, well, you know, let kids be kids. I know kids are going to be kids, but you know what? I always tell them, I cannot keep you from doing dumb stuff in the streets because you're you're a teenager and I've been one. You're going to go do something dumb in the streets. Mm -hmm. In fact, multiple times. And mm -hmm. I know this. But what I like to do is I like to impart into them and I like to pour into them. And I say, you know what all I really want from you? Because I'm not going to stop it. What I want from you is what I call the pause. Before you get in that car and go to that place with that particular person, you don't need, you know, you don't need to go there. All I want is the pause before you go in there and buy something that you know is going to be harmful for your body. I want you to pause before you are about to speak to a teacher, an adult or someone in a certain type of way. I want you to pause because if I can get you to pause, I might get you to snap and think, what would my parents think? What would Mr. Vitol say? What would the elders of my church say? What would the authority figure say? What would my coach say before I'm about to say, do, or make this action? What do the adults in my life, the people who love and care for me and want to see me win, what would they think about me in this moment? Hmm. And if I can get you to just be like, you know what? Hey, you guys go ahead. I'm good. I won't win all of those, but I want to win enough of them to where we're not at a funeral. We're not in a courthouse. We're not in the hospital because something you've done has co has caused you damage. Maybe. I just want the pause. So I, 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 I put the expectations out there that are a little extended because I want your mind to expand. I want you to kind of have a little bit of a headache on the right side and be like, man, it's a little bit of a system overload. I know. <laughs> there's the a point. reason for that. <laughs> and there's a reason for this because I love you so much that 
I want you to be prepared even in your failures. Right. I want you to be prepared for this thing called life because no one, and I mean, no one is coming to save you. No doubt. I love you and I want to see you do well. And I want you to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, clean your wounds off and go back out and fight again. Right. But I want you to be in a position to where you know the expectations of those who love you around you. And when you can get to that point, I feel like when they can get to that state of mind, then we have a better chance of success. We have a better chance of bringing our young people to a place where that bridge they're walking across to the next level is a sturdy one and not full of holes and bad nails and broken planks. Yeah. And so that's sort of my mission when it comes to these types of things is to put them in the best position to win, to put them in a position to where they can win at a greater clip than I am mm-hmm. doing. And I did at that age. Most of my teenagers I deal with are light years ahead of where I was when I was that age. Yeah. And I love it. And I lean in on that even more. When I see that they're getting something that I had when I was 27 and they're 16, oh, we're doubling down. Like, hey, can I introduce this to you? Right. Yeah. I put a lot of I put a lot of leaning on my young men, a lot. And that's by design. Of course I want to, because I want you to have a little bit. I want you to have something you're striving for that seems unattainable all the time. You you have something to to go for, not these little loose. I mean, I understand you want to put some goals together so they can get some wins along the way, but you also want them reaching for something that seems almost impossible. No doubt. And then they they, they stretch towards it. No doubt. Actually, what if your goal, what if your goal was $10 million? Right. Mm-hmm. And you're striving, 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 and you land at seven and a half. Are you going to be like, dang, yeah. it ain't 10. Yeah. You're, you're a millionaire, right? Yeah. You, you reach, you, you, you reach somewhere that was very high. You didn't quite reach that benchmark and you can keep working towards mm-hmm. it, but you're not mm-hmm. going to sit at seven and a half and be like depressed. No, right? no. And that's, and that's my, that's my point. Like that's a gr- saying, And that's a good you know, point. Your, your young lady, you know, got you into the gold round. That doesn't mean you're going to get the gold, but no. we got a shot. That was great. Right? We're in position. To yeah, do this. and that and this is the it's the developmental team. It wasn't even like we have two 14s. One's a team that we expect to win the national championship. We got one, one of the best setters in the country, and there's a second team because LA Volleyball Club is a competition club. Um, oh. So Jason Olive, program director, you guys are so much alike. You could be long lost brothers for Christ's sakes. Uh, um, but yeah, but we don't accept losses because it's a developmental team no and tournaments the objective is to win all that time in practice we're figuring stuff out in the process by the way i have the clip watch this ready here's the clip here's the serve tip drop yeah, it's the fate of the game decided on on where that ball was going to go, how that ball was. Was it going to hit the tape and bounce back on our side? Was it going to go over? Because, you know, I mean, I'm, look, I'm back from the old school. If you served in the net, it was a violation. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but, I, but the new rules, it's allowed to hit the tape and go over, you know, like. Yes. Yeah, like that, tennis yeah. too. I like remember ten- the days yeah. when, if it skimmed, when it skimmed it. No, it was, dead, like, it was it, a dead ball. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, it was a dead oh. ball. I'd like to summarize what you said into this this beautiful quote that I'm hoping our audience can take with us. Greatness is man's failed attempt in his pursuit of perfection. That's what I thought you were saying. I'll say it again. Greatness is achieved when man fails at perfection. 
<laughs> you want 10 million? Wound up with seven, 7.5. Okay, you don't consider that a win. Fine. <laughs> Tell that to that no, guy that's, next to you. That's a, that's, a yeah. that's a great quote. Yeah. I'll probably have you send that to me later. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a, a me quote. That's a me quote. I just came up with it now. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. Greatness but is that, man's it, failure in his, in his yeah, achievement and pursuit of perfection or something like that. I'll, I'll, you, you could shape it and we can call it our own. How about that? I like it. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you got a lot of Dave Goggins in you too, man. When you're on the on the whatever talking about nobody cares, uh, whatever, and just get up, you know, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you a three point nine? How come you ain't a four point oh? I'm like, yo, I'm talking to Dave Goggins here. <laughs> yeah, you know, cause like nobody's nobody waking up thinking about yeah. you like that. No, like you like you you think you're so doggone important, and you're yeah. just not in but that you, sense. But you also right? have to appreciate where that guy came from too. Right. Yes. Oh, the yeah. man was um, part of uh, CRC Academy. Like, I'm ex military, right? I'm Army. And, I, you know, okay. I, I supported MI. I was a generator mechanic supporting MI. You know, my father before me, they're, you know, almost all four branches except the Marines. But this guy, Navy SEALs, is uh, just to give people an appreciation, it is the single most difficult um, training to survive. Not, not, not excel, but survive in the spec ops community. And it's open to all four branches, Army Delta, Marine Reconnaissance, Recon, um, Navy Intel. And you get through that, you know, David Goggins, man, that's the, but that's, yeah. you got a lot of, you got a lot of him in you. What my, just, my mentor sorry. put me on him um, yeah. some time ago, I remember when he first showed it to me. Because mm -hmm. I remember he, I, I found out about him mm -hmm. and C.T. Fletcher within months. And I was just like. <laughs> Okay, like that's like a, just, that's like a drug overdose. This, <laughs> this, this I'm like, whoa. So you know, and I mean, I'm a I'm an ex football player, man, and you know, obviously, you know, with me working in the ministry and things mm -hmm. of that nature, I don't typically, you know, put profane stuff out. No, of Instagram course not. Yeah, you have a lot of youngsters. I mean, I got you know eight year olds probably through their parents probably watching some of my things. So I do like to be respectful of all of those. Yeah. those platforms are well, my kids are going to be watching this i i usually I, have a kids ask your parents first but this one thank you for being on it's a pocket i mean it's, it's neat and clean for eugene but finish what you were saying sorry yeah well i mean it's just it's just when when you when you go into certain areas of life and you're and you're and you're pushing through and doing certain things um you just have to be mindful of of what's going on and you know not that I mean, I've had my moments. It took me almost seven years to get out of college. So, and that wasn't to get multiple degrees. Um, so you can do the math on how that worked out. Um, but it's just over time, I've been been groomed and I've I've asked God to like, hey, what what do you want me to become to where I'm the where I am a representative for the young men who follow me? Like I was, I was sharing with my brother the other day, I was like, there literally is there's a lot of things that I just don't do that I did 10 years ago anymore right because if 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 what this if what i'm doing right here if one of my teens are like hey you know we found out mr vtol is doing this or, or or something along those lines it's like am i letting them down am i letting you know members of my community down by doing certain things and so there's certain moves i just don't make anymore right um there's certain podcasts i won't jump on um if if you're too far doing certain things and your value place and I can read through your bio of what you're about, I'm just like, you know, mm. bless you. Do you. Right. Um, because because there's a certain level that I've grown into now. 
And I feel like there's an accountability I have to them, even as an adult, right? right? I mean, I got five-year-olds I teach, you know, through the Boys and Girls Club, right? They're tykes. And, you know, they, 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 there's a, there's a reverence when I walk into the room with them um, as their teacher for the summer programs. And over time, I just started developing a new awareness to where I was just like, yeah, man, like you really gonna have to give some of the stuff up you used to do when you were younger. Like that stuff is over. And so now I'm, you know, I'm kind of coming to that shedding off, you know, the old skin uh, still up to this point. But there is a lot of moves I just don't make anymore because I, it's important to me to be as best of an example as I can for them. I still make mistakes. I still slip up or whatever, but I, I, I do keep them in mind when I'm making moves in my regular personal life. Yeah, that's too. why, dude, that's why you inspire me. <laughs> me, I'm just trying to make sure they're good volleyball players and I make sure that they see my flaws and understand my flaws and, 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 say, and say that those count too, right? Like, I, I remember, I'm, I'm not a teacher, no way. I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm a teacher, metaphorically speaking, but there's no yeah, way. Yeah, that's I what mean, that's, that's, yeah, dude, I'm, not I mean, about, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about public school. I'd be on the news if I was a no, teacher. If, if one of these kids, is, if one of these kids came at me like that, I'd be on the news, man. You would have saw me you're on the news. You're a leader of <laughs> Thank you. You're, yeah. you're a minister in your own right. Yeah. That's what you are. And I think we have to understand that, like you said, there has to be a virtue where you look at the kid and the kid looks at you and says, good enough. You know, like some, like... A lot of my friends are like, oh, you're, why are you doing that? Do you want your kid to do that? And I'm like, it's not a do as I say and say as I do thing, even though that's that's also also that. But there's a lot of things I do to, I do that I definitely don't want. I would never want my kid to do. For example, I don't want my kid joining the military. Okay, that, that's a me thing. That's what I did. I don't want my kid to study theater. Right, my BFA is in acting. It's it's one of the most useless degrees ever. Even though I had a great time, I had a great time doing shows right uh, um, on Broadway, off Broadway. So and the cool thing is when you, uh, when you graduate, you have to hit the ground running because if you take time off, you can't get back in. So you know, and then like you said in some of your previous podcasts, it's a useless degree. Um, I certainly don't want my kid coaching volleyball. There's just no real monetary gain, and and, and there's a self satisfaction that me as an individual embraces that I don't want my kid doing. So 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 I just tell myself I'm really 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 careful as far as like being an example or being a role model for some of my kids. Um, um, you know, I, would, I don't want my kid drinking vodka. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know, so so I mean, there there's a, a long list of things that I do that I, I wouldn't want my kid or want want any of the kids to do. But what what well, what I what I do, what I will do, is make sure that they have respect for each other. Make sure that they show up on time that, because it's um because the people that came on time they found a way to get there on time. That person that was talking while while other people were talking, I I don't have, yo we do suicides for days if that happens in my gym. And and when I'm done with that when, with the suicides. I will ask them the question. I said, when you're talking, when you're talking, when you have something to say, do you see me talking to somebody else or am I listening to you? You know, someone that you don't even think owes you that. I'm the coach. There's a ranking. There's a ranking file here, honey. Okay. So, so you put that in perspective when you're, I'm like, when you're talking, don't you want me to pay attention to you? Or, or do you, have you ever historically seen me talking to someone else in the middle of your sentence while you're talking? No, because there's a respect there. So don't you think I'm entitled to that respect? So, so you you bring it to a logical end, but you you do gotta do you gotta tax them some. <laughs> you gotta tax them some. I'm not a punishment coach, but it doesn't mean I won't do it just because I don't like it. 
you know, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, um, but, but you mentioned, I, I love that you mentioned that, like this kid's like, are you seriously talking or doing your own thing while, while this dude's doing a speech? That's disrespectful. And, and as long as I, you have that general blanket of discipline and respect for other people, I think there's some role models, there's you, that's two levels above me as far as being a role model. And then there's people that are like, I right, good enough. You know, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Would you study it, uh, um, Stephen S. Uh, Stephen S. Austin? Uh, I'm journalism. I'm a journalism major. Um, I've been in, I've been in media my whole life, um, and I just—it's useful. He studied something useful. <laughs> hey man, what, what's crazy is, I mean, it, I was probably mm. like one of the last classes where you like maybe needed to. Now for film, maybe you probably mm. still need to get a degree there, but like. And writing with all the blogs and so much with the internet, you know, mm -hmm. I came in, I came in during newspapers, you know, where they ran on the press, mm -hmm. they're cranking it, cranking that thing out. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember cut and paste newspapers, mm -hmm. right? We, I think I was, I graduated in 97. We were mm -hmm. one of nine high schools with a digital newspaper where we laid it out on what was called Adobe PageMaker back in the day. What? And we were one of nine high schools in the whole state of Texas that had a digital newspaper where you're like laying one of... out copy. And it was, man, it was so, it, it was, that, it was, it was, was groundbreaking, man. Rad, dude. It, that it is rad. I'm gonna sound like a California. That was rad, man. It was, it was groundbreaking. Um, but that's how we, that's how we came up where you went, you went and shot the photos black and white, went in there at the film, put it in the film room, mm -hmm. you know, pulling out the thing and saying, all right, now I need this picture this size so we can, paste it into this spot so we need to make sure the photo is this big <laughs> all those things man um you know i i i jokingly say uh when i was uh, i think seventh or eighth grade mm -hmm. uh my family was one got one of the first cordless phones mm -hmm. on the block you know caller id we were one of the first people with caller id that was nice. probably 90 one that's ridiculous yes like i'm old enough to remember when caller id was a thing where you just didn't know when somebody called you know wow back when you knew like heck i got the I, I was at stephen f austin in spring of 98 i knew three people with a cell phone three yep. that's it well because cell phones didn't work in nacogdoches texas we're talking about way in east texas it's like yeah you know you're talking about an hour and a half two hours from from houston and so Sales service, th there's no towers no. out there. It was remember a waste of money Verizon and time. Commercial? You you couldn't even get a call. Yeah. You remember you remember Verizon? Can you hear me now? Yes. You remember when that was real? When people who had Verizon phones, you could not you could not get a call with them? No. Yes. It was like, I, so, I, it was like I, 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 I. it's like what'd you say? I yeah. said I I, I. <laughs> I remember I remember I was I was I was dating a young lady in college, and this would have been like probably Oh man, it must have been like sophomore year or something like that. And I remember she had a she had a Verizon she had a she had a Verizon or T-Mobile. I think it was Verizon. She had a Verizon phone. And I remember when I used to call her, I was like, I got to get everything out I need in thirty seconds because the call was going to drop. It was like, hey, so meet me at the library at this time. I'm going to do this. Da, 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 da. All right, we're good. Bye. Because the call is going to drop after that. That's how that's how it used to work. It serves the purpose. Good. It's it is good times, and for you, it was great times because you were you you were almost, uh, uh, a, a near decade ahead of what what people thought was uh, basic fundamental technology. Tell me a little bit about about your book. First of all, sorry I I, I scheduled this late. I thought it was supposed uh, um 
in my mind, I knew Central Central Time was eight or whatever, and I'm like, I know you was thinking this dude's a dork, but I'm gonna accommodate him. So I appreciate you making this later for me, um, which is why I want to talk about your book. I want to do the lightning rounds, and then we can wrap up. But um, um, tell me about your book that came out in 2019. It's um, I'm I'm more than enough. Um, I know, uh, I know, I know you're author of uh, more than one book, but I wanted to concentrate on you leave enough time to talk about, you know, just what that meant to you and what the book was, uh, you know, what the book is, uh, synopsis, whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do, I do find it fascinating when I'm, when I'm going on these shows, mm-hmm. what, what book resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I have three of them and you're probably the second person in about three weeks who's like. Let's talk about I am more than enough. Uh, three ways to overcome the fear of your own reflection. Um, that was a real. That book was based on all my books were based on tragedy, unfortunately, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, it, it really was. It, it was built on the idea of what Awaken the Baller Within when it came out when my father died after my thirty third birthday, and so um, there was obviously a lot that went along with that. A lot of emotions. It was unexpected. You know, my father died of COPD, which at that time, I didn't even know what that was. Um, I don't think there was any treatments or hardly anything for it, Um, which now when I look back at it, I was like, you know what? Maybe my father was part of, you know, the research needed to be able to create the drugs I see on television now for people with COPD. So um, I definitely get a good um, feeling out of that to know my my father might have been part of that. Um, You know, it's just it's just his death taught me so much about manhood, life, ethics, and, you know, faith in God all around. And so I'm more than enough focuses on three key points. One, waking up, looking in the mirror and owning everything. And when I mean everything, I mean everything. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, the the, the pile of dirt in your living room, you know, the dirty clothes in the bedroom, all of that stuff, you know, the, the fire burning in the front yard, all of that stuff. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, what about the, the young man or young lady who came up in a house and it's not their fault? I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe your mom was on crack and your dad's in jail. It's not your fault, but it's your problem. Yeah. You have to deal with it. Yep. So what do we do it. now? It's, it's, yep. it's unfortunate, but you can't avoid it. And so here we are. So it's like, how do you deal with that? And so uh, we look at the idea of when you look in the mirror, you own all of it. You know, you and your parents' situation, your upbringing, your financial situation, all that deal with all that junk and just, and just lay it all out and have a, you know, a program I call kind of what's good here, uh, where I allow someone to have a full pity party, you know, get one of those old school pads. I got one here sitting next to me. I keep, keep these handy. Get you one of these big boys right here. The, the, the old school ones, the ones that they, you know, go to office depot and go to the back, go to that section over yes. there and get the long, the, the long legal one. Get one of the last right. two. <laughs> and, 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 and I want you, and I want you to draw a line down the middle and I want you to put uh good and bad. And I don't really like the good and bad labels, but for this, it works. And I want you to write down on the left side, everywhere where your life is terrible. And I mean, all of it or where you perceive your life is terrible. I'm talking like your kids don't like you. You know, your boss is mad. You know, you, you've got a strained relationship with your mother. Like, I want it all. I want the full pity party to go down with that. And then you write all of that stuff down. And then you sit and you get it away from you. Uh, preferably for at least a day. Some people I'll say, you know, some hours. But really a day to where you go on about your day. And then I want you to come back to that list. And I want you to pray, sit still, whatever. Whatever your, your practice is. I would suggest prayer or meditation over the list and just you know, to give you a sense of peace. Right. 
And on the other side, I want you to write down what's good here, meaning that thing that you think is so terrible. I want you to write down why that was the greatest blessing in your life. And I want you to think really hard about it. Like, why, why did my father die in the night after my third, third birthday? Why was that the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me? And I got, I might write a whole book about that one day. Uh, but there was a lot of benefits that came from that. You know, you you have an issue. Let's just say you have a strained relationship with your child. What's good here? The good thing is, is like now I know where the floor is. So now I can sit down with a counselor. I can sit down with him. I can sit down with his teachers. I can sit down with a pastor. I can sit down with someone to say, hey. You know, what what do I need to do to patch this relationship up? You know, is there is there is there is there some time maybe I'm missing out with him? Is there some time? Is there is there something she's needing from me that I'm not providing? You know, it's it's an awareness. Right. And you do this with all these different things, because one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to look on the other side and realize how that was a great moment for you in your life. Or you're going to be wondering, like, I don't even talk to this person anymore. Why did they even make the list? And so now you get to mentally scratch them off that list and say, you know what? I release you right now. I release you from my, from my, from my, from my everyday psyche. I release you from, I release I, the, the whole rent free. I, 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 I release you now. I bless you. I love you. I forgive you. Now we're gone. Right. And so we go through that whole list. So either it doesn't need to be there or you see the blessing in it. And that's one of the main things that, that, that came out of that book, you know, you know, talking about the image, you know, accepting where you are, accepting the, the, the dirt that you created. Cause most of the, most of the stuff we're dealing with when people talk about, you know, you know, you need to pay me back for something that did or did not happen to you. The, most of the wounds we deal with are self-inflicted, right? All the entitlement programs are pre pretty much self-inflicted. Nobody, most people weren't born into like, I'm just the worst impoverished person ever because we've seen so many examples of people who were born into poverty and come out to become not only millionaires, but multimillionaires and leading multiple companies. So it can be done. It's just some of you choose not to. And we don't want to have that conversation. And that's another one for another day. And then, of course, the last one is mindful changes. Um, if you don't change, the game is going to stay the same. If you don't practice, if you don't, you know, train, if you don't change your mindset, well, you're going to end up with the same things, right? Yes. People are like, I ain't gotten a raise. In, yes. I haven't gotten a raise in seven years. Shocker. Maybe you suck at your job. Or maybe you're at the wrong job because yeah. maybe you're at a no job. They don't give be, that kind of raise. There's yeah. no way you can be at a job for seven years and there's no advancement. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're doing, and you're, and you're excelling. That, that's literally impossible. Right. Either that's the worst company of all time mm -hmm. or you're the worst employee. And I'm going to go probably more with the latter. Yeah. You've not found the upper mobility. And you know, like, Oh, you know, well, McDonald's doesn't pay enough. McDonald's is not supposed to pay enough. <laughs> it's McDonald's, right? <laughs> it's meant for you to go there get the skills you need, either level up within the organization or move on to the next spot. Right. But see, that moving on, you want to be able to stay there and get CEO money at McDonald's. And that's not how the game works. Yeah. And so that I am more than enough focuses on a lot of those uh, little things like that. And really just getting people out of this whole mindset again, that you're owed something. Like I can't stand entitlement. Entitlement is one of the most disgusting, disrespectful things that is part of our society. Delayed gratification needs to be implemented. We need a course. You know what? Grade school, delayed gratification as a, as a course. I'll head it up. Who wants to come with me? Mm -hmm. A delayed gratification course. Right. We need to bring that back. Just like we need to bring back shame. We need to bring back accountability. We need to bring back gratitude.
all of these different all of these different qualities that are just getting worked out of society because oh that person feels bad so right i think there's mornings you wake up right. and you don't feel so awesome but you still got to go out and do your thing amen yep yeah here here i remember joe rogan said it best um you have a finite amount of time on this earth right because i remember you're talking about your dad but he said, you have a finite am amount of time on this earth. It could be a good time or it can suck. And if it sucks, you need to fight like hell to change it as if your life depends on it. Because it really sure. does. Because it really does. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. I'm not a big, a huge fan of entitlements. But I am a fan of at least someone recognizing someone's hard work and, and giving them an opportunity to need instead of like good old boys clubbing it, right? Kevin Spacey said, um, you know, if I make it to the penthouse, I push lobby and send the elevator back down, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, not because you're trying to give everybody a free free elevator ride up, but just a chance that, that someone can get into an elevator where it's not just the ground floor, an elevator that doesn't work. And like you said, there are people in those situations. And the third part of your dichotomy was maybe they're in a small office where there is there's no room for promotion, which is something like you said, they should, they, sh they have to recognize and accept sooner than later. And I really, man, did you put that really well? You, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really good at these short sentences, but you shaped it uh, fantastically. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to actually, um, I read inserts. I'm looking from looking forward to reading this whole darn thing. All right. Um, hey, uh, lightning rounds. I'm putting up our one minute clock. And these Ooh. are quick questions. Let me um Is there is there is there a car at the end of this? Because I feel like, you know, that this is the way this works, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's Jeopardy, uh a Will of Fortune, like I'm gonna need a payout at the end of this. So <laughs> Well, know, like Spider Man, action and hitting is your reward. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. My office the way it used to be, Spider-Man used to be right here. Yeah. I have a Spider-Man poster right over there that has character at the bottom of it. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm a Captain America guy. That's, 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 this is my, this is my mighty shield. It's actually heavier than you think, too. I can deal with the Cap. He's the emotion, he's the emotional leader of the Avengers. I can rock with that. Yeah, I like him a lot. I'm, 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 that, that's me, the kid from Brooklyn that joined the military that, that runs, that runs towards the problem. You are Captain America. Yeah. Well, I don't run away from a problem. I run towards it. So in that respect, I'm, I'm, I'm one of many Captain Americas. I don't run, I run towards the problem. I'm not, I'm not. Can you do this all day? I'm that guy. Yes. Oh, I, don't you love that part when he's like, I could do this all day. And, I could do this and, he, all goes, day. and he goes, I know, I know. Remember we had to fight and fight. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> that was a lie. Yes. All right. So ready? Um, starting the 57 countdown clock. Let me get my horn at the end. And here we go. Uh, favorite comedian. Oh. First one that came to your Eddie mind. Murphy. There you go. Oh, nice. Last good book you read. Mm, they can grow rich. Marvel or DC? Marvel. A pool or beach? Beach. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Ooh, Lord of the Rings. Ooh, bourbon, vodka, or tequila? Maybe none of the above, depending on. Vodka. Me, that's me too. Favorite sport outside of, no, favorite spectator sport, sorry. Football probably there. Favorite action film star growing up? 
Harrison Ford. My man. Um, favorite morning spark sports talk show. Oh, if that's your thing, might be pass. no one. Yeah, I pass. <laughs> I love me some Shannon Sharp. Um, any any fun conspiracy rabbit holes? <laughs> For example, <laughs> mine is the JFK assassination. Like, I don't think I don't think I, I don't think that guy can make the shot. <laughs> uh, only because only because I have a family member who's caught up in this uh, the moon landing. There you go. <laughs> there we go. I gotcha. Hey, is there um? So let's plug in your IG or our website where people want to know more of what you've been up to. Um, let's definitely plug the book. And you know, before we get out of here, I want to make sure that everybody everybody knows that so they can find out more about about Amar Vital. Uh, so well, uh, AmarVital.com is the is the hub for everything. Uh, you can you know check out my books there. Check out my merch there. Uh, contact me, uh, book me to come to your school, nonprofit, or your business. Um, definitely all those. IG is Ahmad Vital everywhere. There's no alias. So whether it's Facebook, Instagram. It's rather unique. <laughs> it's rather unique. It, it just, if you spell my name right, I'm popping up. So yeah. um, by all means, reach out to me. Um, and for all the, and obviously they can go to, um, if they want to get a preview of the newest book, Now What? Um, they can go to booknowwhat.com. My publisher has made that available to uh, to the audience uh, to check out as a preview copy. Love for you to go out and buy it as well if you if you I'll can. But you can it. at least get a preview copy of the of the book. And uh, for your audience, I'd like to be able to make a, a an offer to them. Um, if you have young people who are in your life right now and they're struggling, maybe trying to see what their next step is going to be, battling with you know whether you want to call them demons or just, just a lot of rough thoughts and it's just, they're just having a rough season or whatever. If you uh, go to my website or go to info at amodvital.com and put the option podcast, um, we'll set it up for you to maybe get a 30 minute discovery call uh, with your young person. And we can uh, get something set up to where um, even if you don't need the full coaching, at least we can get you a start to maybe just clean up the mess, uh, a starting of clean up the mess, give you a couple of pointers to be able to point you in the right way. Um, our goal is to br build that bridge to the future generations, uh, to build a sturdy bridge to them. And so um, if, if that 30 minute call, if I have to do, you know, 10,000 of those uh, over the span of whatever time, then, you know, let's do it. You know, I can do this all day. Um, I'd I, I like to be able to provide that for your people because um, our young people are that important to me. And I want to be able to uh, be part of the solution uh to a lot of the issues going on to, to, in today's society well said my man so for everybody out there Armand Vital might love you but for me you know what no today I love you guys too he just put me in him I can't say I can't stand you today I love you guys too so for all of you at home for all of you on your iPads and iPhones for all of you on your desktop who runs the world old school baby old school for my man Armad Vital I'm Jason DeBase this is episode 174 of the Option Podcast stay with me I'm gonna hit my music but for now we are out of here come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com it's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle you're gonna love what you hear